Good morning. It is Kale and Company live right here on WKXL. NHTalkRadio.com, a delight to have you with us on this chilly Thursday morning. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and find your plan at DeltaDentalCoversMe.com. I tell you what, there are so many things going on worldwide, nationally, locally. It's tough to know where to begin. I need a dartboard in here to throw a dart as to where we shall begin on this uh, Thursday morning. But I I thought I would uh, talk first, and and maybe this will be the only mention of it during the show today, but what a bizarre... I mean, we have seen bizarre days in Washington before, but yesterday ranks right up there. Little after 9 o'clock, Hunter Biden shows up at the Capitol, supposedly for uh, a House closed-door hearing. He was deposed by the House and uh, was supposed to show up yesterday for a closed-door hearing. Well, he showed up, spoke to the media for about five minutes, tells the world that his dad was never financially involved in his business wheelings and dealings, and then doesn't show up for the deposition. So hours later, fast forward, the House passed a resolution to proceed with the impeachment inquiry into his dad. All the Republicans voted for it. And, of course, all the Democrats voted against it. But since the Republicans have the majority in the House of Representatives, the impeachment inquiry will go forward. But we've got to wait for Congress to take an elongated break uh, before that happens because they work so hard. They need a lot of time off, folks. They work very, very hard. Anyway. What a bizarre, crazy day on Capitol Hill. (laughs) And you know, I mean, the the impeachment inquiry will probably proceed. You know, Joe Biden will not be impeached. There were impeachment proceedings against President Clinton. There were two impeachment proceedings against Donald Trump. And he made it through four years. It, it's so it's so crazy. It is so crazy. We're paying these people good money to represent us. And, oh, man, it's just, uh, you know, bizarre. It is very bizarre. They're, they're wasting a lot of time and effort. We know uh, Joe Biden is a failed president. We know he may have been involved in... In corruption, well, let the, let the voters decide uh, next November. Let the voters decide when the matchup comes around in November. Joe Biden won't be impeached. We'll have an inquiry. And there won't be enough votes uh, in the Senate uh, to impeach Joe Biden. 
And 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 look, if if Joe Biden is impeached, look what we get. We get Kamala Harris. Oh boy. Oh boy, it goes from bad to worse. But there are other things that need to be discussed today. And I understand uh, my good friend Charlie Russell is on the line right now. Charlie, good morning to you. Good morning, Ken. Long time no see. Oh, yeah. It's been, what, 12 hours now? Yeah. I... <laughs> Not even that, I don't think. Well, you can you can report the score. That was great news last night. It, it was. Uh, conquered over Wyndham. Five to one, you know, Wyndham was supposed to be, well, and then still could be, uh, the next big thing in Division One hockey, but, uh, you know, not last night anyway. Yeah, Con- Concord had five separate scorers, so, you know, they got the scoring spread around in different class- classes. I think a freshman scored and had a goal, uh, had an assist, and uh, so it looks, bodes well, but... Um, it was Ch- changing, changing sports, though. There's been a yes. lot of news about golf. So I got a, an old golf story that kind of has a moral to it. A, an old golf story. Of course, the new golf story all centers around the, the proposed new clubhouse for yeah. Beaver Meadow uh, in Concord, which has been talked about now seemingly for years, Charlie, for years. Yeah. And now we're starting, thanks to uh, citizens like you, uh, starting to get to the bottom of it in terms of what it's going to cost the local taxpayers. Yeah, well, that's it. But year, years ago, let me tell you a quick story. Years sure. ago, I'm drive, driving up 106, and there's a yard sale along the side. And, you know, so I stop, and I kind of wander around. And, and, you know, I had been a golfer, and um, and so I see this double set of irons in a you know, somewhat old golf bag, and it's got a price of $10 on it. And $10? I say, oh, Woo. Yeah, wow. you know, this goes back 20, 30 years so yeah. or more. And so I say, well, you know, if I take out a club and start swinging it and everybody, he'll know I want it, and he'll tell me, well, it's $10 a club. So I don't even take the club out. I take the bag over, pull out my $10 bill, don't say a word about whether it's for the whole spiel, or, and I buy it. <laughs> yeah. And I figure I've got the deal of the century, and I take them, throw them in the trunk, take them home, and I'm a right-handed golfer. I bought a double <gasps> set of left-handed clubs. Oh, Charlie, you should have yeah. given them to me. I, I'm well, a left-handed golfer. Well, you understand, but, but you also understand that if you ever go to a club without yours and try to rent left-handed clubs, uh, they don't usually have them. So true. one of my other golfing friends says, go to a small golf course uh, and swap a left-handed pair for a ladies' pair. So I got my wife a, a set of old golf clubs for, for uh, five bucks, and I kept, I don't know what I did with the rest of them. But the moral of the story is, when you're playing with clubs and you're playing with clubhouse, you better know what you're paying and what you're buying and what you're paying for. That's the moral of the story, folks. That's the moral of the story. Now, I don't know if that applies to Concord or not, but I kind of thought it did. Yeah, you know, that that, that would have been a good deal, Charlie, but, uh, you know, uh, right-handers can't play with left-handers clubs and uh, vice versa, so... I, I, I know, I recognize the dilemma, and uh, I, I do have my own set of left-handed clubs, although I might go down as one of the world's worst golfers. 
Well, but but it's still fun to get out there. Still fun to get out to whatever golf course it is. We have a lot to choose from uh, in this state. A lot of uh, uh, nice uh, nice golf courses to play at, and and Beaver Meadow is certainly one of them. But uh, you know, there's a lot of controversy swirling around, and uh, and there was a a, a, a meeting, a, a get together, a hearing on uh, Monday night, and I guess the uh, the place was packed, Charlie. Yeah, and, and, and well, there was a picture in the monitor uh, yesterday about how full it was. They were sitting on the floors. They were out in the hallway. Uh, they were, you know, I can't say 10 deep, but uh, it, it, and there was a petition, 500 people signed saying, hey, uh, hold on, hold your horses. Let's, let's, let's figure out whether we're buying a, a pig in the poke or a left-handed set of clubs. You know? <laughs> so uh, what did we finally determine, or if it was determined, how much this new clubhouse is going to cost the taxpayers of Concord? Well, I- I- interesting question, because they put out a bid proposal last year, and I, I with a right-to-know request, pulled some docs, documents from the city, but they put out a bid request, and then one of the bidders uh, came back and said, uh, is there a rough construction budget or square footage they're anticipating in the project? And so the city purchasing director wrote back, uh, it's anticipated the completed facility will be twelve to 15,000 square feet. Uh, given inflation and other economic conditions, the city recognizes the projected construction budget of $4.511 million might be insufficient given the city's vision for the project. So that was even before the ad hoc building committee was appointed. So, you know, you wonder, was it a done deal back then or, you know, and then when did we learn what it was going to cost? Well, about four days after election and what, 10 point something million dollars. And, and the problem I had is, you know, the, the taxpayers are paying and uh, maybe we ought to tell them what it's going to cost. I, I would think that would be a good idea. I mean, we, we usually find out about uh, projects such as these, but uh, they kept that a, a pretty uh, dark and and hidden secret. Uh, they were able to do that somehow, some way. Charlie, can you hold on? We have sure. to take a quick break. We'll talk more about the uh, proposed new clubhouse for the Beaver Beaver Meadow Country Club. Uh, in Concord, and uh, Charlie Russell is with us, who has followed this situation uh, closely over the years. I mean, this goes back years, folks. The uh, clubhouse has been in, you know, less than, you know, desirable shape. It's okay, but, you know, doesn't uh, doesn't meet up with some of the others uh, in and around the state. But we'll talk about that and more. Charlie Russell is with us. And we will take a break. Kale & Company continues right after these words on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We are powered by Northeast Delta Dental, and we shall return. Kale & Company live here on WKXL. NHTalkRadio.com, brought to you by Northeast Delta Dental. Charlie Russell is with us, a a consumer advocate, if there ever was one here uh, in the uh, city of Concord. And uh, we're talking about the proposed new clubhouse for Beaver Meadow. And, And Charlie, correct me if I'm wrong, but at one time, uh, you know, when uh, the plans first came out, it was like for a three-level uh, clubhouse. And, and now, 
uh, the plans have been reduced to one level. Is that correct? Yeah. The uh, they early, early on, um, they started talking to the New Hampshire Golf Association that apparently is out in Clinton Street, and they said, well, they indicated some willingness and to, to rent and long term. So they said, well, let's design this with a a second floor. There was an underground uh, basement. It was the other level. And uh, so in September 15th, I got a document that indicated it's going to cost $14 million for that facility. And uh, that information wasn't disclosed. August 16th, they had a uh, disclo- they had a presentation up at the golf course under the tent. And I was probably one of the few non-golfers that attended, and I kept my mouth shut. I didn't ask any questions. But Somebody else said, well, what's it cost? Well, we don't know. Well, based on size, do you have an estimate? No. But we'll know September 30th. So everybody waited with bated breath for September 30th to come and go. And then it was announced the Golf Association pulled out, which we don't know why. We're looking at someone's looking into that. And then uh, October 30th, they have another document that says it's going to be 10 point something million dollars, which is still what about a week before election day? And that information's not disclosed. So, you know, the, the problem I have is we had a very vigorous debate on Rundlet, East Side, West Side, uh, you know, on the school board thing. And this should have been a pretty vigorous debate. I did see somebody put together ads about these candidates are for the golf course and these are against it. And that came out before the election. But, you know, there was no debate on dollars. So, you know, you take away information and the truth from the people and how can they make meaningful decisions and so a lot of people um, uh, put a petition together they wrote a lot of letters to the other I mean the best letter I saw was Jeff Fallensby who's retired now but used to work at the golf course he worked at the arena he worked parks and recs and he said we need a Chevy clubhouse not a Cadillac clubhouse Yeah, and and he should know of where he speaks. Uh, And, you know, the the difference is, I I mean, uh, I'm I'm sure some of our listeners anyway have have seen what uh, they have done uh, in in recent days, uh, recent uh, months and years uh, with the development of uh, Pembroke Pines. They have a beautiful uh, new facility there, which is uh, just just incredible. Uh, But you have to remember, folks, that is a, a privately owned uh, mm-hmm. golf course. So there, there's a, a big difference there because the public is not paying for it. Yeah, well, that, that's it. And people ask questions the other night. What, you know, it's nice to have a, a sandwich and a beer or a drink after you're uh, halfway through your 18 holes and, you know, at the local uh, snack bar. But, you know, getting into the restaurant business is a, is a competitive business. Who knows? I can't count all the restaurants in town and I can't count the ones that have opened and closed and changed names, it's, it's, a, it's a speculative business. Yep, and, yeah, you know, no doubt. Yeah. And the same with, same with the function hall. You've got the barns at Bull Meadow. My, one of my relatives got married there a year or two. Great facility. The city thinks it's so great they actually had people voting over there as an appropriate-sized facility. But are we going to build a 180-seat restaurant with function rooms to try and compete with them? And, you know... People don't get married in the winter. Who's going to pay the the heating bill in the winter on a a facility that's three times the size it is already? You know, let's let's build a Chevy. I'm I'm you know I don't think we should sell the golf course. I don't think we should uh, let it stand the way it is. And 
But, you know, you also have to take care of your stuff, too. And looks like there's been benign, at least, neglect on, you know, keeping the golf course upgraded. So we'll see what happens. You know, they're going to send it back, I guess, to the same committee. But, you know, I mean... Uh, do we expect anything different? Uh, they they weren't concerned with costs, so maybe they, there's a standing committee that's already out there that's under ordinance that's got about a dozen or more members. Maybe it should go to that committee, and you know they're charged with five year plans and what's needed and the upgrades. And instead of you know, I guess a lot of golfers on an ad hoc committee uh, that are drooling over a new facility that's. You know, they're paradise. Join the country club if you want that type of facility, you know? Right. Uh, well, we'll have a, a new mayor after the first of the year and uh, Byron Champlin and uh, some new counselors uh, as well. And, you know, who knows if uh, if things will change uh, after the first of the year. But we will we will soon find out. You know, Charlie, there's only two now uh, municipally owned golf courses in the state of New Hampshire, and that's uh, Beaver Meadow and the Dairyfield Country Club in Manchester. Yeah. Well, there's over 100 private, so, you know. Yeah. And the, the, other, the other thing is, I mean, there's uh, a snow groomer up there, and they do cross-country skiing. But, yeah. you know, yeah. going through all these papers and, and city documents and minutes, you hear them saying, well, well, maybe we could have a snowmaking machine, and, and maybe we can have lights so we can have night skiing. Well, you know, you can go to Pat's Peak, you can go to Gunstock. There's a lot of places you can go, but that's a that's a private business. What's the purpose of government? Oh, exactly. So where does it end? I, I don't know, Charlie. You you know better than I. You've been been through these battles for uh, for many many years. What what as a as a private citizen of Concord, what would you like to see? I mean, knowing that you know Beaver Meadow uh, serves a purpose. I mean, it uh, you know I would say the you know the probably the majority of residents of Concord uh, never use the facility. I mean, I'm not saying a vast majority, but. You know, I'll bet at least half the, the population of Concord never uses the facility at Beaver Meadow for anything. So what do you, what do you think should wind up happening at, at, at the Beef? Well, we should have a committee made up of uh, um, non-golfers as well as golfers. Uh, someone that's getting asking the questions about full disclosure on what the costs are, what the options are. I mean, if I was going to put an addition on my house, you know, I want a deck, I want a fire pit, I'd like a hot tub, and uh, and I got $50,000 to do it. Well, I can't do it for that. Well, then the next question is, well, what is it going to cost? And if we take away the hot tub, what, you know, I mean, those are the type of questions that need to be asked. But I think Fallensby's letter, Jeff Fallensby's letter, is it? We want a Chevy clubhouse. If you want country club amenities, go to Concord Country Club, go to uh, uh, Pembroke Pines or other places. But, you know, if the course was up for sale, I don't think the city would stand for buying it. But I've always viewed it as something we have. It's a good amenity. But let's scale it to the right size for the people that use it and, you know, price wise and otherwise. So, you know, we need a new one. I don't think we should sell it. and. We'll see what the new mayor and maybe we get a new committee with some people that have a little bit of Yankee frugality. <laughs> maybe so. So you, you don't think the city should ever uh, consider selling it to a, a, a private concern? 
Well, Bethlehem up north had a city, had a, a municipally owned course, and they, they five, seven years ago, they had to put, the town voted, we need $450,000 to upgrade it or keep it power, uh, keep it way it is. And the town said no, so they sold it. But they put some conservation easements. They said, we're not selling this golf course so some developer can come in and build a whole bunch of houses. So, I mean, that's an issue if you were ever to say, let's sell it. Well, no, no. Do You know, we got enough housing development going on. Um, certainly that's not going to be workforce housing up there or, or entry-level housing. Right. So, um, you know, let's work with what we have. Let's, let's make it a community decision with all stakeholders having something to say about it. That's basically what I see. And, and how did Pembroke Pines uh, finance their beautiful new clubhouse and all the upgrades they're doing? How, how did they do it? Well, uh, I hadn't been down there in years, and it looks like there's an awful lot of uh, uh, housing and row housing and uh, townhouses that are built in that area. And I suspect that they've done it privately and they've sold off some land. But so, you know, but, you know, the the same thing with rates, you know, uh, taxpayers pay for irrigation systems and a lot of other things. And um, yet out of town has come in without having to have paid some of that money on their taxes. And they don't get they pay the same rate. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. Uh, anyway, I appreciate it. I got to run. I got to go to work. All right, Charlie. Always uh, great to talk with you. We will uh, We will see you soon at another Concord High School hockey game. You too as well. Bye-bye. All right, Charlie. Thanks so much. Charlie Russell, uh, who's an attorney and uh, very much involved in a lot of uh, matters concerning the city of Concord and has been uh, for a long time, and we appreciate uh, his input on this Thursday morning. And if you want to uh, you know, express your views, ideas, and opinions, you can always call us at uh, 603-224-1450. Andrew will answer the phone, put you through. Uh, 603-224-1450. If you have any views on uh, what should be done with the clubhouse at Beaver Meadow or anything else that might be on your mind, feel free to call us. And we'll be happy to chat. Kale and Company Live, WKXL, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. We will be right back. Kale and Company Live, WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Hey, don't forget, we have a new live show here on the station starting at uh, 10 o'clock every morning, Monday through Friday. Sports Machine with Slim. And I did not have the opportunity to hear the show yesterday. I don't know if he delved into what uh, was happening in uh, Foxborough. But a report surfaced yesterday by Tom E. Curran of NBC Sports Boston. By the way, a St. Anselm College graduate is uh, Tom E. Curran. And he said that the Patriots have already decided on the fate of of Bill Belichick, and that is that uh, he will be fired, let go, canned, however you want to put it, uh, at the end of this season. And they made that decision after the Patriots lost to Indianapolis in Germany. Uh, And it was a game that owner Robert Kraft really wanted to win. A lot of Patriots corporate sponsors were in attendance, Uh, It was the only game on in that 
time period, which was in the morning. And uh, Robert Kraft really wanted to win that game. Patriots lost. And apparently after that game, according to a report by Tommy Curran, the fate of Bill Belichick was sealed and that he would no longer, after this season, be the head coach of the New England Patriots. Asked about it yesterday at a news conference. Belichick said, we're working on our game plan for Kansas City, which will be the Patriots' opponent someday at uh, 1 o'clock in Foxborough. And I am sure that, uh, you know, that game originally was scheduled for a Monday night game and then flexed to Sunday afternoon in the 1 o'clock time slot. Not the 425 time slot, the 1 o'clock time slot. I can't remember the last time Kansas City was in a 1 o'clock time slot uh, because, you know, they're a great draw. I'm very surprised that game was, in fact, flexed uh, given the popularity of the Kansas City Chiefs and, of course, the birthday girl yesterday, Taylor Swift, I'm very surprised that that game was taken off Monday Night Football and put in the 1 o'clock time slot for Sunday. But at any rate, and of course, and all the stories swirling around the future of Bill Belichick as well. But it was flexed, and it will be played Sunday at 1 and not Monday night at 8.15 in Foxborough, which is probably good news for most fans because... Night games in Foxborough are a pain in the tuchus, as it were. Uh, So anyway, uh, that game is flexed. Bill Belichick's status with the Pats is up in the air. So we'll see what plays out. Now, Mark Daniels of Mass Live, which is a news source in Massachusetts, uh, wrote today that uh, earlier this season it was reported by NBC Sports that the Patriots uh, head coach Bill Belichick and assistant coach Gerard Mayo were both signed through the 2024 season. Now, that didn't feel like a coincidence. Mayo declined to interview with the Carolina Panthers for their head coaching vacancy after receiving a pay raise from the Patriots. Couple that with Robert Kraft's glowing comments about him, and it felt like the Patriots linebackers coach was the heir apparent to Belichick. It remains to be seen if that's still the case. According to a recent report by ESPN, Kraft was planning on having Belichick finish out his contract with the Patriots in 2024 and then having Mayo take over as the Patriots head coach in 2025. However, with the Patriots struggling with a 3-10 record, it appears the owner might change course this offseason. According to ESPN's Dan Graziano, there's a growing belief around the NFL that Belichick won't be back with the Patriots next season, although Mayo replacing Belichick is the most likely outcome. It's no longer certain that that is going to be the succession for the Patriots. Uh, Graziano wrote, and I quote, sources close to the Patriots believe Kraft's plan entering this season was for Belichick to coach two more seasons and have Mayo take over in 2025. 
The extent to which this season has gone off the rails, sources say, has Kraft rethinking everything. Multiple sources in and around the building say Mayo taking over next year is the most likely outcome, though others are no longer certain that's the way Kraft will go. Mayo would have to sell Kraft on who will be in charge of the offense, the quarterback's development, and personnel. That could all happen and work out in Mayo's favor, but it doesn't sound like it's a 100% sure thing. Uh, Mayo, by the way, has been one of the hottest coaching candidates on the market over the past few years. He has interviewed with the Denver Broncos, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Las Vegas Raiders about their vacant head coaching positions in the past. Last offseason, the Cleveland Browns wanted to interview Mayo for their defensive coordinator job, and the Panthers reached out about their head coaching vacancy. And that's when the Patriots released an unprecedented statement stating that the team, and I quote here, had begun contract extension discussions with Gerard Mayo that would keep him with the team long term. So you have to wonder if that still is going to be the order of succession if Belichick is through at the end of this year. I don't believe Belichick will be fired before the end of this 2023 season, which can't come soon enough for the Patriots. Uh, but I, I have serious doubts that he will coach after this year for New England. He may go on to coach somewhere else. I think... I think he would be terrific. I mean, despite his post-game interviews on many occasions, <laughs> in which he says very little, and his interviews in general, uh, he, I think, would be terrific as someone in the broadcast booth doing analysis of games. He, he would be terrific in that capacity. He's a very articulate guy. And when he's not bombarded with questions from the media, uh, seemingly very personable. He won an Emmy Award for a series uh, he did. Uh, you know, he wasn't alone doing it, but he was part of it for the 100 top players in the history of the National Football League. No one knows the history of the NFL like Bill Belichick. How about this? And this was, this was floated last week on the Thursday night game by Al Michaels. And maybe this is why Al is not doing postseason games for NBC, because he floated the, the, I won't say it's a rumor, but I thought a darn good idea. You know, Tom Brady is under contract to join Fox as a football analyst next year. It was actually supposed to start this year, but... Tom Brady wanted another year to rest and relax and whatever, not have to work every Sunday. But next year, according to all reports, Tom Brady will be in the broadcast booth uh, as uh, you know a part of Fox's number one uh, football broadcasting team, along with Kevin Burkhart. So it's supposed to be Kevin Burkhart and Tom Brady, apparently. Al Michaels, who's pretty well connected in the NFL, said, how about if Fox, and he's doing this on uh, 
Amazon Prime, Prime Network, uh, and I guess that's uh, an offshoot of NBC. Anyway, he said, what if Fox put Kevin Burkhardt in the booth with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick? Whoa, you talk about must-see TV. I think Al Michaels really hit on it. What about that, folks? You wouldn't even need Kevin Burkhardt in the booth. Just let Tom Brady and Bill Belichick go at it. My goodness. Talk about ratings. Belichick and Brady sharing the same broadcast booth? Whoa. Wow. Think about it. We'll take a break. Kale and Company continues. Or could be the three Bs, right? Burkhart, Brady, and Belichick. <laughs> we'll take a break. We need it. Kale and Company live right here. WKXL. NHTalkRadio.com. Presented by Northeast Delta Dental. We will be right back. Welcome back, Kale and Company live on a Thursday. And you know what that means? Tomorrow, it's the Friday Fun Bunch. Kitty Ray, our resident flick chick. Tom Raffio, president and CEO of Northeast Delta Dental, will join us in studio. I think actually Tom may be on, uh, on location somewhere else uh, tomorrow. But Kitty Ray will be here at any rate, and we'll have... Football picks, birthdays, uh, other stuff going on. Lots of stuff. I mean, there's so much you don't know where to begin these days. Uh, and, uh, well, this is from Fox News. The House voted, as we mentioned, to formalize its impeachment inquiry into President Biden on Wednesday, taking a critical step that GOP leaders have argued is necessary to force the White House into complying with their investigation. The measure, measure was passed 221 to 212. With every Republican voting in favor of it and all present Democrats voting against it. Uh, light cheering could be heard on the GOP side of the chamber after the measure passed. And pin drop silence on the Democratic side of the aisle. I, I guess it's, you know, I mean, the Republicans have wanted to uh, move on an impeachment for uh, President Biden for quite some time. Uh, the Democrats and uh, most of the media will tell you there's no evidence that he had any connection to the uh, financial business wheelings and dealings of his son, Hunter. Hunter said yesterday, my dad has uh, no association uh, with the business side or the financial side of his dealings. But he didn't say that he wasn't involved, period. Just the financial aspect of it, which I, I'm sure is not true. And, but it's Hunter Biden, folks. Uh, we should expect that. Uh, and he didn't show up for his, his deposition uh, yesterday. But listen, what's he got to lose? He's got nothing to lose. You know why? Because daddy will pardon him. He's not going anywhere. If you think... You're going to see Hunter Biden in an orange jumpsuit. Forget about it. 
It never is going to happen. Daddy will give him a pardon. And, and probably Uncle Joe will pardon himself. So I don't know. I mean, in, a lot of people, you know, looking forward to seeing the dirt that, uh, you know, ultimately comes out. 62,000 pages of documents are going to be looked over. They've got the, uh, the laptop from hell from Hunter Biden that they've had for years. I, when a, a news source or news network tells you there's no evidence of wrongdoing, don't listen to it. Plenty of evidence out there of wrongdoing. They say, well, you know, you have to have a, a, a reason to, to impeach. Uh, you know, there's no evidence. There's just no evidence that there's any wrongdoing. What are you talking about? It's, it's all over the place. But whether they should go forward with this, I don't know. I think it's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. We know Joe Biden has been a failed president from day one. Worst in my lifetime. And probably long before that as well. No, nobody even comes close to doing the damage he has done in that Oval Office, in my humble opinion. But listen, if everything goes as polls say it will, maybe it'll all be over by next November. But I guess the House uh, is going to go ahead with its uh, impeachment inquiry anyway. Uh, Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer, the Republican from Kentucky, said on the House floor yesterday, and I quote, We are now at a pivotal moment in our investigation. We will soon depose and interview several members of the Biden family. They probably won't show up. And their associates about these influence peddling schemes. But we are facing obstruction from the White House. The White House is seeking to block key testimony from current and former White House staff. It is also withholding thousands of records from President Biden's time as vice president. Boy, this is shocking news, isn't it? White House withholding information? Huh. President Biden must be held accountable for his lies, corruption, and obstruction. This is according to Representative Comey, Comer, I should say. Uh, we have a duty to provide the accountability and transparency that Americans demand and deserve. I, I think everybody's opinion, no matter what comes out, I think everybody's opinion uh, is going to stay the same uh, about Joe Biden. And it's the same. I could say the same thing about Donald Trump. You're either in Trump's corner or you're in Biden's corner or you're not. And no information that comes out is going to change the minds of anybody about those two polarizing. You couldn't find two candidates that are more polarizing than Joe Biden or Donald Trump. And it looks like if things stay the same, they're on a collision course for a rematch of 2020 in less than a year from now. How can this happen? But right now, it looks like it's going to. And you can't find two more polarizing politicians anywhere. And yet, they're going to be going head-to-head again, it looks like. Unbelievable. 
It is un- it's totally unbelievable, isn't it? Anyway, Bruins played last night. Uh, they lost to New Jersey in overtime, two to one. Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes scored the game-winning goal in overtime for the Devils. And I say it because uh, he is one of three Hughes brothers in the National Hockey League. All terrific players. Uh, Jack Hughes and his brother Luke both play for the New Jersey Devils. And Quinn Hughes, the older brother, plays for the Vancouver Canucks in the National Hockey League. And in case you didn't know the background... You might have heard of the Hughes brothers. They are right now. I mean, they are hockey's first family. It used to be the Howe family, and now it's the Hughes family. That is hockey's first family. And these guys are just getting started. Luke is 20. Jack, who scored the game winner last night, is 22. Quinn is 24. The world is their oyster, folks. The Hughes family is the number one family in hockey without question. No one, no family even comes close these days. The only family might be the Kachuk family, but I think they're uh, maybe a distant second. But the fact of the matter is uh, those youngsters, Jack, Luke, and Quinn, spent uh, part of their time growing up in New Hampshire. In fact, uh, Luke, the 20-year-old, was born in Manchester. Why? Because Jim Hughes, their dad, uh, was an assistant coach and a one-year head coach for the Manchester Monarchs. A terrific guy, Jim Hughes. And his wife, Ellen Weinberg Hughes, was a standout women's hockey player at the University of New Hampshire. So there are certainly New Hampshire ties to the Hughes family. Uh, Jim as uh, a coach with the Monarchs, and Ellen, in fact, I did some games with uh, Ellen Weinberg, did some uh, telecasts with uh, Ellen Weinberg uh, years ago on a network that was uh, created by uh, Dave Long, who uh, writes for the Hippo and has for for many years, and a friend of mine, and uh, he he put together a, a, a series of it was called the ECAC Game of the Week at the time. And I did some of their hockey telecasts with Ellen Weinberg, who went on not to marry me, but to marry Jim Hughes. How could she pick him over me, right? Somehow she did. But a very nice person, uh, Ellen Weinberg, and uh, the mother of three of the top hockey players right now in the National Hockey League. It's hard to believe how, how time flies, but uh, they're still very young. Uh, they're, they, yep, they are very rich. You can look up their salaries, <laughs> and, uh, and they are going to have great careers uh, in the National Hockey League, all three of them. They already have, and they're still in their early 20s. They have a long way to go. But at any rate, uh, today, by the way, and uh, makes me think of the incomparable uh, Peter St. James, who appears on this station from time to time. It's National Biscuits and Gravy Day. Nobody loves his biscuits and gravy. A uh, gravy, gravy, biscuits and gravy, like the incomparable Peter St. James. So I hope he's celebrating today with uh, 
a big batch of uh, biscuits and gravy. It's also National Screwdriver Day. And we're not talking about the tool either. We're talking about the drink. It's National Monkey Day. And it's also National Booyah Bays Day. Where they come up with it, folks, I, I still I, I don't know. I don't know. But that'll do it for this edition of Kale & Company. We are glad that you could join us today. Oh, we've talked about a multitude of things. Probably, uh, you know, upset some people, made some people happy. That's what happens when you do a radio show. But we're just glad that you're listening. Tell a friend about it if you enjoy the show. If not, uh, you know, just don't say anything at all. But remember, folks, to always look on the bright side of life. And have a terrific Thursday, everybody.